0: 3-1 series leads, though, in the NHL. They have been something so far. We've had a ton of them uh, already. And now, with only two series happening, we already have another one. And uh, with the potential for there to be two this round, with the Stars going up 3-1 in their series versus Vegas, what do you guys think about this? Because I just uh, know that... I did not see this coming. I know I haven't been on the past two podcasts with both of you um, so first off, thanks for having me again. but yeah, where do you see this going? as far as vegas yeah <laughs> not as far as me on the
1: podcast I hope oh, I was gonna say as far as you um I think it'll go okay you know I think I think it'll be slightly better, I guess to have three how are you victor how, how have you been
0: <laughs> i'm doing okay uh glad to be back on our main podcast um and yeah just hopefully got myself set up now where i'll be able to be on the next few weeks so that's good i'm yeah. good too for asking i'm really
1: sore today um, oh, why are you sore well so for for those who don't know i'm, I'm not in shape at all Um, but I, I have joined a gym and I've been going for the past few weeks now, but for the first time ever yesterday, I went for like three hours and I biked 15 miles and did a bunch of weights and I am feeling it. I like can't move, uh, without pain. So what
0: was the motivation to just start going to a gym? Because
1: honestly, uh, just with COVID and everything, um, just, wanted to do something active that was the main motivation, and okay. it, it does feel good to get out of the you know and, and like run and like do physical activity yeah yeah i get that not to just get in shape you know but um but yeah really bad today but you know what now i got red zone on and drinking a red's hard, su- hard apple ale um lots of red happening so feeling
0: good feeling good Spencer, we'll throw it over to you. How's life?
2: Yeah, I mean, I am honestly, I'm just shocked about this Dallas being up (laughs) 3-1 over Vegas.
0: (laughs) This is the last time I try and do a cold cut without telling you
2: guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I missed this. This was, oh, Brett, don't get me wrong. I loved when it was just you and I, but kind of when Vic's here for us to dogpile on, it's fun to do it when he's not here, but it's it's even more fun when he is here.
1: Yeah. I agree. Oh, speaking of, <laughs> um the Vikings aren't looking too good, huh? <laughs> They're gonna have to head, uh go thirteen and two the rest of the way now, huh?
0: Yeah. That, look, I had them going one and one versus the Packers. Uh, they just now apparently have to win in Lambeau, but no fans. Fair so, fair oh, enough. so it'll it'll even out. I I still just
1: any team quarterbacked by Kirk Cousins is not going thirteen and three. That's all I'm going to say. But, anyways, nice. um, so yeah. Um, to answer your question though, um, I think Dallas Vegas. <laughs> you know, every game's been been close. Um, it's one of those series, much like. Give me a second. Boston, Tampa, and I think to an extent. Uh, Vancouver Vegas I'm sorry Dallas Colorado not Vancouver Vegas where like every game was super close but one team still just got out to that 3-1 lead um, for the most part yeah so I, I'm not like like I am surprised don't get me wrong especially because I had Vegas winning this series but I, I definitely don't think it's close to being over um, as for well never mind we won't talk about that uh, Spencer I'll let you Give your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you said, we both have been kind of talking past couple of weeks how you know Vegas definitely looks like the strong team um, over there, and to see them down three one is I don't I mean, I think most people would be shocked by that. I I would think uh, I'm obviously not a hockey buff, but I love that you say that this isn't really over yet because of just how close all these games have been. This is one series that just looking at it kind of feels like the 3-1 isn't as as scary as, you know, it should be in a way. Uh, that being said, tomorrow night Dallas could go out and, and end it just like that, and it could be another one-goal game, and it, it that would just be, you know, how it goes. But definitely, definitely surprising, and I was not expecting this.
0: Yeah. Um, what's crazy to me uh, is... Vegas is one of the few teams we've seen this whole playoffs. And obviously it's tough for a team to do this, what I'm about to say and not get eliminated, but they haven't looked like they have had one true awful game this whole time. Like they've had losses along the way and they've even got shut out. Uh, But even through the whole playoffs, there's not a game where it's like they just collapsed to me. Like they're still getting a lot of chances, a lot of shots. Um, In any of their losses, I think they've had, aside from one game, 30 shots in, like, all of them, and they still had 25 in the other. Like, that's a lot of good opportunities. It's not like they just got limited to 18 one game and couldn't get the puck in the net. Uh, So, it is very intriguing to me that they're down 3-1. I didn't expect them to be here, uh, as neither did Brett or you, you, Spencer. But, yeah. I... I'm not going to count them out yet, but it's tough to come back from a 3-1 lead.
1: Right. And and to backflip off of what you just said, it's not about the amount of shots, right? It's about the quality of them. True. And even with that said, like you said, I they are still getting quality shots. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that kind of plays off of, like I'm saying, I really don't expect this to end in five, Um but, you know, you got to give some props to Anton Khadobin, for sure. Um, a guy who wasn't even supposed to play a single game this postseason. B- Bishop's been hurt, and he has really stepped up and been fantastic. And I feel like he's not getting talked about at all um, just how good he's been for them, even in back to the Calgary series, right? Um, he's just been fantastic the whole way through. And so I want to give a shout out to him and also... I don't know if you guys saw this, but last game, uh, Robin Leonard took a shot. This is just something random. But he took a shot uh, kind of up near the neck area. And then I realized the man doesn't wear a neck guard, that, which is something 99% of goalies wear for obvious reasons. And he doesn't. And he, it really shook him up. And he had a giant red mark that's going to turn into a bruise on his neck. And I'm just thinking to myself, why on earth as a goalie, you know, facing 100-mile-an-hour slap shots on a, with a hard rubber puck,
0: would you not wear a neck guard? That yeah. baffled see, me.
1: I, I was saw, shocked.
0: I didn't see it live. I saw afterwards he took a shot to the neck and was looking at the picture, and it actually isn't until right now. I just thought after that happened, he took his neck guard off to have it looked at. So this blows my mind that he doesn't wear a neck guard. He um, not wear but, a neck guard. Honestly, pretty stupid. Like, when you think about it, I get maybe there's, like, that 0.1% of the time where, like, it limits you or it feels weird. But, like, that's not something you take a risk with. That's, like, a, any normal skater just not having a visor, which I know, again, it used to be a thing. And it's just stupid when, like, they don't. Um, so, yeah, that blows my mind, actually. Uh, right, and Spencer, like... I don't know how much you've seen
1: this in baseball, but I know I know only some players will wear like shin guards, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of them wear now that extended helmet that covers their, their kind of jaw in mm-hmm. the front. Um, have you seen like, are there still a lot of players that don't have that? And do you think that will soon become like the new thing uh, that every player does kind of like visors in hockey is now required? Do you think they'll require that?
2: Yeah, I don't know what the requirement is for helmets, but I can't tell you the the last time I've watched a game and noticed a player didn't have their side of the helmet that faces the pitcher come out and protect their face. I, I can't tell you the last time. I mean, almost everybody uh, has that extra protection. Um, and for the most part, yeah, guys have the elbow guard on whatever. Like a lefty will have it on their right, and they'll have a shin guard on their right typically as well. Um Yeah, I mean, I think with any of this stuff, you know, whether or not they actually put it into regulation and make it, you know, and and force players to actually wear it, I don't really know why a player wouldn't, uh, just because why wouldn't you want the extra protection is kind of my thing. But, you know, I guess kind of to what Vic was saying, if it's uncomfortable or something, the neck guard, though, really doesn't make sense to me. I definitely don't understand why anybody would want to take a risk like that.
1: Exactly. And, And theoretically, you know, that could theoretically kill you.
2: Yeah, it, well, anything it, can kill you.
1: I mean, if you get hit in the in the right spot on the well, the wrong spot on the neck, um, a and certain it, way with a
0: puck, I, it, that could honestly, kill you. Honestly, anywhere that like your esophagus, I guess, is kind of like over more towards the front where your Adam's apple can be hit. Like that puck wasn't that far off to the point where it could have done severe damage. And right, our esophagi are very
1: delicate, and we need to protect them.
0: They are. Um, um, I do want to sorry. jump back real quick yeah, to your ahead. point of Kadobin has not been recognized enough, and it until actually this week and this series I truly believe people have talked about him the way they should be. Uh, in my mind, he's the Khan's my favorite from Dallas at the moment, second to maybe only Heiskanen, uh, who's Heiskanen been- or Pavelski, maybe, yeah. Yeah, and all around, just what you would be expecting from a backup goalie uh, to what he has done is just incredible to the point that there actually are rumors about should he be the goalie they keep in Dallas. Uh, so that'll be a headline to follow come the offseason pending how he plays and Dallas plays the rest of the time. Yeah, Um and the last thing I want to
1: say on this series, um, for, for myself personally, is, um, Spencer, I know we talked about this last week, was it, or maybe two weeks ago, I think it was last week, how, um, you know, just, you can get down 3-1 and sure, force a game seven, but ultimately just, you can't keep doing this to yourself, you know? And mm-hmm. I remember saying specifically, I thought that Vegas, you know, would have learned from that experience with Vancouver that, you know, you can't take leads for granted and you can't yourself get in a 3-1 hole because you see how difficult it is and how difficult it was for Vancouver. And it just didn't seem to wake them up at all Uh, because now here they are th- themselves down 3-1. And again, you know, we saw it last round in almost every or I think every series, yeah, teams went down 3-1, and you just you can't do that to yourself. No.
0: Um, one thing I wasn't sure uh, if you guys talked about last week, and now I'm forgetting after listening to it, so I do want to bring up is officially Vegas now as a franchise has more playoff wins than four other NHL teams, uh, and I don't have them listed in front of me i know the panthers are one of them are you Uh, trying to get me pissed off and i just want no but it is this show to talk about sports and that's something notable that happened and it just kind of goes to show how gifted they were to people who kind of didn't realize it before maybe are getting new into the sport uh just kind of liked that this new team is winning so much and uh they really have that underdog mentality no it just goes to show like how much they were given, uh, and it really just makes it interesting to see how Seattle will turn out given the same parameters. Uh, So, yeah. With that, we can move on uh, to (laughs) the other part of the NHL. uh, The other half, I should say. The Eastern Conference, the Lightning are currently up 2-1 in their series. Alex Killoran in Game 2 suspended for a hit on Brock Nelson. uh, Got a game Conduct ejected and then suspended the game, which turned out to be Game Three. And then Brayden right Point got hurt in Game Two, uh, probably the most significant uh, impact that for the Lightning as far as that game. And did not play in Game Three at all. Is still to be determined if he will play today. He is, he is playing today. Okay, uh, I haven't been yeah. able to check in a few hours. So good to see for Lightning fans. Um, actually, amazing to see. Uh, so. Yeah, huge having both those guys back as they were essentially without a whole first line of forwards in their eyes between Stammer, obviously not playing in this playoff so far, Point and Kaloran as far as Game 3.
1: And while we're talking of injuries, should be noted uh, the Islanders have taken two big hits to their bottom six. Uh, Third line center Casey Zizekas and then um, Tom Kunockel on the fourth line both out now for the remainder of playoffs they have both left the bubble um, so two big blows there for the Islanders absolutely um but yeah so that's two one uh, they're playing right now so by the time you all listen to this that won't be accurate anymore um it'll either be two two or or three one lightning the way these playoffs have gone I'm gonna assume it'll it'll become a three1 series because that just seems to be how every series goes, but, uh, we will see. Um, Spencer, I I know again, we discussed last week how Tampa has, has been the favorite, um, to win the cup by a lot of people really since the preseason. And that hasn't really changed. But I also talked about how I thought the Islanders matched up better against Tampa than they would have against Boston. Um, didn't, you know, they came out really flat in game one. I don't know if that was Tampa was, you know, just really uh, energized and ready to play again after they had to wait a while um or what. But uh the last two games have been, have been more competitive. And, you know, I think the Islanders are matching up well. I think they're doing a good job. They're playing how they want to against the Lightning. It's just a matter of... The Lightning having far more skill to this point, um, and and you know, having the lead for that reason,
2: yeah, certainly. And I, I mean, this game for that's coming up tomorrow night, or I guess tomorrow during the day, Brett, I'm sure you love that time, yeah. um, is obviously going to be huge because that's going to be the deciding factor of if we see another um 3 1 series or not. That's going to be a really, really one of those things that seems kind of stupid to say, but it's a really important game for the Islanders if they want to kind of keep this thing, you know, within reach for for them after having a, a tough series in in Philly that they couldn't quite uh, finish off until game seven. So, but yeah, I think game one uh, definitely was just, uh, just put that game in the rear view. They did that and they bounced back. And so they're definitely still in it. Um, they've definitely been, I've been surprised by the Islanders again. I'm not a huge hockey guy, but um, you know, going into this, I certainly didn't uh, know or think of them as a team that was going to be, you know, uh, this good. I guess uh, is the easiest way to say it. So uh, when they were playing the Capitals, I kind of wrote them off pretty quick, and that was clearly stupid um, because that that was a five game series. Um, and, you know, then they were playing Philly, kind of wrote them off there as well because of how how well Philly had done this year and, you know, up during the restart and everything. So uh, that was also stupid because they they really showed, you know, their drive and how, how good they really can be. Absolutely. Um, I, unfortunately, as I
0: said before and you guys said, I haven't been here the past two weeks, but something I have talked about off the podcast uh, with, people when referencing the Lightning and the Islanders is that I truly believe and have believed going into this, that this is around that good coaching is not enough anymore for the Islanders. Uh, You just see, and you guys have discussed the, the talent that is on Tampa Bay and not to say the Islanders don't have guys with talent because Barzell to me is still one of the most underrated people in the league. But when you have a team that is also well coached in Tampa and just has more talent the whole way through and through. I think this is where it becomes too much for them to handle. Uh, I still have them getting two games in the series in my eyes and Tampa winning in six to be safe, but yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, definitely. Well said. Then um, you're exactly right. I mean, Tampa just up and down the lineup, you know, um, comparative especially to to the islanders and and not to say the islanders don't have depth because they do um but the lightning just again you know up and down the lineup just have guys that can make plays and um the additions obviously of blake como and barclay goudreau while they vastly overpaid for each of them um you know they do their job well which is completely shut down, they have the ability to completely shut down any line in the league, and they're terrific on the penalty kill, and um, they play on the fourth line, but well, third and fourth line respectively, but um, they make a huge impact regardless of their ice time.
0: Absolutely. Um, like Coleman, just a quick touch up, but yeah, uh, guys that definitely came in and added that a little bit more maybe defensive style uh, and something that the Lightning needed and also a little bit of physicality, which not saying that that's what wins you cups, uh, because clearly in the past we've seen it be skill, speed and depth along with goaltending. But uh, something that maybe the Lightning themselves were just were in need of a little bit prior to this season. So Yeah. With that. Sticking on the playoff topic, uh, unless there's any other notes in the NHL.
1: Yes, um, I do want to discuss there was another trade <laughs> made uh, in the NHL. Well, two trades, actually. So the first was Joel Edmondson. Um, the rights for him were traded for a fifth-round pick, which I think is smart. Um, and then the other trade was Nick Bukestad going to the Wild uh, for a seventh and 50% of that salary is still retained Hate it. for Hate the it. Penguins. So, to me, this is a failed salary dump for the Pens. Um, yes, you free up, what is it, like 2.15 mil or something like that. But at the same time, now you still have 2.15 mil in dead cap hit. So... I think it's the wrong guy. I think Jared McCann is the guy that should have gone. I think Bukestad is your better option for your third-line center. But now he's gone. So McCann will be the third-line center, barring any other trade. But um, it's been an interesting offseason for the Penguins, certainly. And it will only continue to get more interesting, um,
0: I think, especially as we near the draft. So just something to keep an eye out on as well. And I... Definitely don't see it being the last trade the Penguins make considering their goaltending situation. But that aside, I just feel, unfortunately, like there are still moves Jim Rutherford's going to make uh, whether or not he should this offseason. And we we met the guy. He's a very nice guy. Oh, but... a lot of the nicest humans, but... Right. Slur- but he... I
1: tough. see a lot of similarities, right? So when he was the GM of the Hurricanes a while back, started off great, made some great moves. And then towards the end of that tenure, he just kind of lost his mind. And I kind of see the same thing happening here with Pittsburgh. He made a lot of good moves, you know, that enabled them to win a couple cups. And now he seems to be losing his mind. Um, so I think it's time to move on again. Great guy, fan of the show. Um, <laughs> the grandpa of the show, really. Uh, but it's, it's probably time to move on here before it's completely ruined.
0: Right, and for his sake, maybe he will go somewhere else right after and make a bunch of great moves. Uh, As you've mentioned before, that tends to be his pattern, but uh, unless he leaves and comes back, I don't necessarily see that being the case again in Pittsburgh. This uh, goalie trade, whatever it may be as it happens, will pretty much be the final tally as to will he. He make another awful one and it really costs the penguins or um, maybe he can bounce back and make up for the other ones that we see as not so great.
1: So. Right. And whichever goalie goes, and it sounds like um, the, the pens are more wanting to move Murray. They've gotten offers for both apparently, um, but they're asking for a lot more for Jari than they are for Murray. But you need to get a good return, because uh, both have tremendous value given their age. Um, so whichever one you move, you need to get a good return. Otherwise, you've
0: failed. Exactly. I would say more than uh, what we gave up for Kaepernick at a bare minimum, but that's just me. well, that's going to be tough
1: considering <laughs> how much they overpaid. So uh, for a guy they had already drafted four years ago, five years ago. <laughs> But yeah, um, moving on. (laughs) Let's move. Let's talk some NBA playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So, as it stands, um, I'll 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 do I'll take the Western Conference here. Um, As it stands, the Lakers have taken care of the Rockets in five. Spencer, I'm pretty sure you and I both said that exact prediction. So kudos to us. Yes,
2: yes, yes, yes.
1: And then. Playing as we're recording this actually is the Clippers and the Nuggets, and um, it's a close game. So, hopefully, before we're done recording, this game ends so we know. But as of right now, uh, the Clippers do have a three to two lead in that, and uh, we might be seeing another potential game seven. And what has just been again in the Western Conference, especially just a
2: fantastic and really fun playoffs. Absolutely, Denver is just unwilling to leave the the playoffs. They have been so resilient in in some of these games where they've been put away early. And you know, I when we started this recording, um, I was full on prepared to say towards the end of this that uh, the Western Conference Finals was going to be Lakers Clippers. Confirmed. Um, I'm still right. going to say that's my prediction, but damn. Denver has kept this entire series close. They've kept this game close. They have – they're winning this game right now. It's been such an exciting playoffs in the NBA. Um, It's just been an exciting time in general with everything that's been going on.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. The Clippers were up, I think, like 15 when we started recording this. Yes. And Um, now the – yeah, the Nuggets are currently up seven. So it's (laughs) – and the Nuggets now, this is the second straight round. They've gone down 3-1. We talk about all the 3-1 deficits. Um, came back at 1-7 last round. Can they do it again? It's a much better team. No offense to the Jazz. Uh, the Clippers are a much better team. Uh, so I don't yeah. know. But at the same time, they have the confidence. They've done it before. Why not?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we'll see, man. And yeah, that would be quite the story. Uh it not being the two LA teams in the Western conference finals that, I mean, every, I think everybody probably wrote that down on a piece of paper when these playoffs started um, and kind of had it locked, but yeah.
1: Definitely. Uh, and then Spencer, what do we have going on in the East?
2: Over in the East? Um, I guess we, at the time of our last recording uh, Miami was up, with they three L.
1: Um, correct.
2: Yes. And I think we both said that Milwaukee would probably take at least one. They did that. Uh, but Miami still only took five games to, to take out the number one seed. So crazy, um, how well Miami's played this entire postseason. They do have a good challenge. I think coming up in Boston, uh, Celtics took down Toronto, uh, that went to seven games. And that was a really fun, uh, series to watch much more fun than I think any Eastern conference series has been to this point. That, that's easily been the best one. Every other one's kind of been, dare I say, boring. Um, yes. And now I think we're about to have another really, really exciting one in uh, Miami against Boston. Um, Miami is the number five seed. So, you know, they don't have, you know, home court advantage or anything like that. Uh, not that that matters in the bubble anyway, but that's like something to kind of keep in mind like this is a a number 5 this is the fifth seed team um and they're making quick work and it just kind of shows you the talent that they they truly have um and i think it kind of begs the question though do you guys think you know home court advantage would be a different story for some of these um some of these series that we've seen or do you think that this is all kind of worked out pretty much how it would have anyway.
1: Um, I, for one, definitely think teams are missing their home court, especially, I think, well, really in both leagues, but I, I think especially in the NBA. Um, because if if they're still traveling, you know, everywhere, I actually like Toronto to win that game seven um, if that was in Toronto. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: just the the crazy fans up there, you know, Jurassic park and everything, which was super annoying last year, but like, um, they are a passionate fan base. And so I, I, I don't know. I think if the Raptors have the fans behind them, I really don't, it it was a five point game that game seven. I, I think the Raptors win that. And again, I think, you know, they, I don't think we would have seen as many sweeps either. If they were traveling, um, I think it's a lot harder to win on the road in the NBA when there are fans. And you mentioned the Heat not having home court since there are no fans. You know, like you said, I I don't really think that matters now. Um, Every game's the same. It's the same atmosphere, really. You know, yes, they play like you have the virtual fans and they play the home teams like normal music or whatever, but it's the same, you know. Mm It's the same atmosphere, uh, home or away. So I, I definitely think it has made a big impact.
0: I completely agree on this. Uh, and I don't know. I haven't watched too many of their home games during the regular season, but you got to think the Bucks would have done a little better if they had some home ice advantage. I just...
2: I don't know. I don't I said,
0: know I'm about the box. That as I'm watching <laughs> home home court advantage, I don't want to get called out on that later. Home court. <laughs> did you say home ice? Yes, as I'm yeah, watching the Lightning ice. game. Uh, yes, I did.
2: Um, I don't know. Uh, with the 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 box because they're such a weird team, and with having to play against the Heat. I, I still think they would have lost that 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 series. I think, I think I the Heat are a tough draw for them in the second round. I
0: don't. I'm not saying the Heat weren't tough, and I'm not saying the Heat wouldn't have won. I just didn't the Heat win that in five, and mm-hmm. Bucks only win was in overtime. Like that's. I just feel like they snag. Like I feel like that series goes at least six. I feel like they take another game if that's home. Um, but maybe I wrong, same, yeah. But yeah, that's that's just my take on this.
2: Yeah, that that I definitely can agree with. I definitely agree, like you had said, Brett. Probably not as many sweeps that we saw, um, at least over in the East. I, I would like to think that the Sixers, because they typically are a good team at home, uh, I think that really did hurt them because they're awful on the road. And honestly, when you're in the bubble, every game's kind of on the road. Um, you don't have the fans backing you up. Neither does the other team. Um, but that's when it really comes down to, you know, just your overall desire, drive, all that stuff. You don't have fans to to bolster you up, pick you right. up when you're down and all that stuff.
1: Right. Right. And I think that's also where having a good coach plays a big role as well. Um, you need to have a coach that's able to motivate your team. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what we saw a lot with the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, Billy Donovan – who is available. Um, <laughs> wink, wink. He's single, ladies. He's single. Um, no, but uh, he is happily married. But he is available coaching-wise, which would be a nice fit for a certain team. But I won't get into that. But, yeah, I think he did a really good job bringing out that passion with the Thunder. And they they had a hard-fought seven-game series. Um, so, yeah, I think we're definitely seeing that play a bigger role as well. Um, But you're absolutely right. The Sixers, going back to that, I think they absolutely would have won a game if they were in Philly. I don't see any... I really don't see any way that they don't. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and again, and maybe, you know, maybe Brooklyn gets one from the Raptors if they're at home. I don't know. But I I just... I definitely don't think we would have seen all the sweeps that we saw,
0: all in the East, actually, as well. And... Just reiterating and also jumping back to what Brett said originally, I do think it plays a l a decent bit a, a decent bit more of an impact in NBA versus NHL. Uh but yeah. Uh yeah. I don't know. You don't? Oh, I think it I think it's obviously huge for both, but I think that it definitely plays more of an impact in the NBA. Just because I think it's a lot more volume to it in the NBA as terms of when you're on the ice, like there's a lot more noise happening. I want to say, uh, as far as the game itself, maybe, maybe not, but.
1: No, I, I agree there. And I, I think in the NBA, you do, you know, uh, people don't like to admit it, but you do get home court calls as well. Um, mm-hmm. more so than yeah, the NHL, which, um, but I don't know. I, I think, in the NHL, we would have also seen a big impact uh, if they were traveling, and maybe some of these series turned out differently as well. Um, that's just my, my take personally, but um, I, think, I think it does have a big impact in both leagues. But yeah, br- probably more in the NBA, yeah. Um, but anyways, so Heat, Celtics, uh, what, what do you guys see happening in that one?
2: Uh, I'm gonna see.
0: <laughs> what? what? I said. What do we hope or what do we see happening? Both, I guess. God, Spencer. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut. Okay. You.
2: No, you're good. I, I, I'm gonna say what I see happening is. Oh man, I see a seven-game series ahead of us. Uh, at the very. At the very least I can I can say that with certainty um I really don't know the heat have been so good uh, but the Celtics are just annoying they are so annoying as a basketball team and they are so hard and so tough to play against um give to Arano credit because I definitely think Boston just on paper is a better team than them um, and they were at least able to give them some trouble but yeah Boston's tough um. I would like to think that uh, Bam should be able to handle them pretty well. But I also thought that uh, Al and Joel would have been able to handle the Celtics and they weren't able to. So, uh, you know, I don't think that's a given necessarily. I had originally said when we gave a prediction, I said Lakers Celtics just for that old school uh, finals uh, that, you know, we've probably seen how many times. So I'm going to just, Stick with that and say that the Celtics win this in seven. Okay, but I want to say the Heat. I do want to say the Heat. I, I really do, but I'm I'm gonna say Celtics in seven.
0: Okay, uh, I'm gonna take yeah. Go I'm gonna take Celtics in six. I just think they're the better team, and I haven't been able to watch the Heat as much uh, as you guys or as much as I've wanted to to truly see how well they've been as. Uh, aside from just on paper. I think if it goes seven, that Jimmy Butler wins that for the Heat. So if it goes seven, i I'm the Heat are winning it in my eyes. But uh, I think the Celtics lock it up before that, knowing that they don't want to have to do another game seven. And then, yeah, that's, that's how I see it playing out. But versus the Clippers in the final, I still think the Clippers will win.
1: Yeah, um, Spencer, I agree with what you said that, you know, I think both of these teams are really hard to play against. Um, the The Celtics are, are kind of pesty. Daniel Tice, by the way, I never realized how much of a crybaby this man is, but it has gotten to the point. It's, it's just, it, it makes it hard to watch Celtics games, right? I mean, Daniel Tice, whether it's on offense or defense, he's already always either crying for a foul or say like crying about a foul call. So it's pretty much every possession that this man's involved in. You just see him complaining to the refs and it's unbearable, but that's, I just wanted to get that out there. But as for my prediction, um, I, I, I I like the heat to just keep rolling. I, 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 really do. I'll take the heat in six. I, Just think that they're a team that's been built for the playoffs, and they've been proven that. They have a lot of playoff performers on that team. And the perfect balance of, you know, an athletic big, a a good ball handler and clutch performer, and then shooters. Um, So I I think they have a better dynamic than the Celtics do. Um, And I will take the Heat in six. And I do want to also, as you mentioned, give props to the Raptors. This is a team that a lot of people, including myself, had still making the playoffs, but as a lower seed. And they were still the two seed in the East Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and nearly made back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals without Kawhi. So big credit to them and Nick Nurse, who has proven to be one of the best coaches in the league.
2: Yeah. I just wanted to bring up your point about the Celtics and just how they – consistently are just crying every possession that was kind of a big issue in that series against the raptors the raptors you know say what we will about kyle lowry and how he's a big crybaby too and just like can never just just like play and he's always kind of looking for something but he's also extremely smart um he had a couple of uh instances where he got away with some stuff that i thought was really funny and we were talking about it like when he pulled marcus smart down with him and then was like smirking about it i i I loved that. And I can't stand Kyle Lowry for the most part, but say what you will about the man. He's incredibly smart and incredibly aware of what's going on. And when the Celtics were looking for a call or something, he took advantage when they weren't paying attention and were, were too busy worrying about something that was just over and done.
1: That's Um, true. If they keep,
2: if they keep falling into that, you know, that's definitely something that like, that just kind of shows, I think like a bit of their immaturity, um, and 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 how they're just kind of getting caught up on things that don't need to be caught up on um i i hope for brad steven's sake that he can uh kind of get them to like snap out of that but he also kind of like seems to uh enable it and and push for it as well so jimmy butler is a smart man um and so he'll pick up on that too um it's something that the the Sixers weren't able to take advantage of, but you know Jimmy Butler is going to know exactly what to do. He's going to tell all the guys, you know, how to keep getting under the Celtics' skin and getting away with stuff. And you're you're absolutely right that he could just keep rolling, and and they could take it in six.
1: And to go off of that, the Heat have a lot of players that are just very crafty and very smart on defense, and I think they they will frustrate the Celtics. Um, and we're going to just be seeing this kind of snowball, um, as you said, and it's just going to get worse and worse uh, for the Celtics, and they're going to get more and more frustrated and start taking some bad fouls and complaining even more. Um, so, yeah. I could definitely see that happening.
2: The Heat also have this really douchey shooter named Tyler Hero, <laughs> Yeah, and I can already tell he is going to he's going to piss off a lot of Celtics fans. I, I already know it. Oh, um, yeah. Get ready for him to hit some of these disgusting threes that he's going to take um, and, and get ready for him to just be a mingy player. And he's he's definitely going to piss off these Celtics. Um, the Heat, like you said, they're built just incredibly well um, and definitely going to be the Celtics. A bigger challenge than I think the Raptors were. Um, so they definitely need to, to keep their head in the game at all times if they want if they want to win this.
1: Definitely. And, yeah, I mean, I expect uh, – you would think a Brad Stevens coach team would be more disciplined with stuff like that. But, yeah, he does seem to be okay with, you know, the the crying for calls, like you said. So it will be a <laughs> fun series, though, no matter what. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it. I believe it tips off Tuesday night.
2: Um, I think I saw that today.
1: Yeah. Because I think they want to give...
2: Yeah, Tuesday.
1: Yeah, I think they're giving the team some days off now before the conference finals start. Um, so, Tuesday night, mark your calendars.
2: Marked. <laughs> um, I do just want to bring up in the Western Conference, uh, the Clippers are going to lose game six. Uh, with I'm seeing forty-eight seconds left. Yes. Denver's up one eleven to ninety-seven. So that game, that's gonna go seven. Do we think the Clippers still just finish it off and up. it's a LA matchup? Absolutely.
1: I don't know. I'm you know what? I'm starting to believe in this Nuggets team. The Nuggets they have just proven, do not give up. Yeah, they've they've proven that they don't give up and they are just the hardest team to eliminate, apparently. And I'm just trying to think, you know, Game Seven performers on each side. Kawhi typically shows up in Game Sevens. We know Paul George, although I love him, we know he kind of vanishes. And Jamal Murray, especially, is Mister Game Seven himself. Um, I think it's going to be a really. I'm I'm looking forward to that Game Seven now. I imagine that would be maybe tomorrow. I don't. Do you know when that is? It wouldn't be Tuesday nice, now, would probably it? Probably
0: tomorrow if they want to try and get the conference finals on Tuesday and then Wednesday, like one on each.
1: Yeah, I would yeah. imagine it'd be tomorrow. So, um, That's going to be really fun. Definitely mark your calendars for that one as well, Victor.
2: I'm seeing Tuesday. I'm seeing it's going to be Tuesday.
1: Ooh, okay, Tuesday. Okay.
2: Maybe they change that. Maybe they change that. But yeah, I'm seeing Tuesday, game seven if needed.
1: So we got two games on Tuesday. Perfect.
2: And um
1: yeah, I don't know. I think I'll take the Nuggets. You know, the Clippers were my finals winner prediction, the start of the year, but I think you gotta take the Nuggets here.
2: I love this resiliency that they've had. It's been so much fun.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. I love when teams can battle back, but I'm still yeah. I I just <laughs> don't wanna doubt why. Like I, I just don't um and I have the Clippers
2: winning Yeah, I kind of have to agree. I, I do see... Don't doubt the... Kawhi. Yeah, I, 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 I see the, the Clippers kind of coming out and and really coming out strong in, in the, the first of Game 7. Um, but, man, if they at any point start to, hold, start to kind of like fall back on their heels watch out.
1: Definitely. Definitely.
0: Uh, With that, quick notes on the EPL started up again today. So, uh, or yesterday, actually, my, my bad. Uh, So everybody, if you ever wanted to try and get into it or have thought about it, now is the time. It's the start of the season. Uh, You haven't, you've only missed like one game for half the teams. And I highly recommend it. As someone who got into it recently, uh, definitely is some of the best soccer you will watch. So if you're looking to get into it, that's the league to follow, in my opinion. And yeah. Quick, yes, uh, and
1: it is. Sorry, yeah. it is going to be a very fun series. Um, with how the transfer window has gone. This is probably going to be the most competitive season in a long time. You know, it's not going to be like last year where Liverpool had like a 20-point lead on second place. Not at all. Uh, it's going to be very tight um, at the top, very tight at the bottom in the relegation battle, and even throughout the middle of the table. It's it's going to be kind of an even playing field this year. Leeds United's back uh, for the first time in 16 years. They're one of the founding members of the Premier League um great to see them back west brom another founding member has been promoted and is back and then fulham as well uh has been promoted so but very fun yeah very fun season g- coming up for the EPL and I'm very happy it's back you can start your sundays watching that football and then finish it watching american football
0: all right um yeah Jumping to the other football off of that because I just wanted to mention that quickly, uh, the Vikings back, scored again, so probably taking that first three losses. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, for those of you that did not get a chance, definitely check out our new series within Top Shatter called "To the Gridiron," in which we will be releasing football or NFL, not even football, NFL specific podcast episodes. Uh, they will go out every Thursday morning. Uh, is the plan. Maybe sometimes they'll be released on Friday mornings and we'll kind of do a little recap of Thursday uh, or talk or record during it, but that will be notified if it's not Thursday morning. Um, We brought on a new member for that team in Logan Durris. Our first episode went with him, went, I dare say, phenomenal. He definitely adds a lot to our football podcast as He can provide a lot of college insight uh, and people transferring over, whereas I know I cannot. Um, So, yeah, definitely check that out. Next one will be up Thursday morning.
1: And I do want to note um, James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars today uh, has set the record for the most yards by an undrafted running back in week one in NFL history. So one of those random, fun, little accomplishments for a player. So congrats to him.
0: Just not for a Colts fan.
1: Right. And I actually had a lot of money. Not a lot, but I had some decent money on the Colts winning that game. So I'm very disappointed, as I'm sure you are, Spencer.
2: I don't even know what we're talking about. The Colts? Never heard of them.
0: (laughs) Uh, It's actually my alma mater for high school. Uh, But anyways
1: now to the diamond Spencer baseball what's been going on in the MLB
0: baseball
2: never um, on um, yeah, is, is it heard still is it still
1: even playing now that we have every other sport going on I I can't keep up
2: yeah baseball still going on it's, it's great um honestly not too much happened this past week I kind of figured uh'd be fun to kind of just look at if the season were to end because we're and we're only two weeks away can you guys believe it two weeks away from the season being over Um, thank god yeah
1: right
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I figured we'd just run through uh, the seating and just kind of pick out any surprises um, and and go from there so in the AL uh, we got the Rays at the top of the AL so they're the the AL East team one uh, the A's are the West team one. The White Sox are the Central team one. Twins are the four seed and they're the second Central team. Blue Jays, fifth seed, second Eastern team. Astros, sixth seed, second Western team. And then the two wildcard teams right now are the Indians followed by the Yankees. Um, so with the new eight teams, uh, two teams from each division making it, and then the next two best from the uh, each week so just staying in the al anything that sticks out as a surprise um every other team in the al not in a playoff spot right now is under 500 so this honestly is probably going to be what we're looking at the mariners and the orioles and surprisingly the tigers are technically the next closest to the yankees and the yankees haven't been playing that well but i really don't see this changing Um, but yeah, any surprises in the AL for you guys?
0: Absolutely. And I know I'm not usually one to talk about the MLB, but I want to jump in. Uh, all I saw going into this was, and even early on, was how the Yankees were a huge favorite. Um, Mm -hmm. or not, I shouldn't say huge, a common favorite, uh, for the World Series. And it seemed like every time I would kind of check, uh, well, features and see that, And I know right now they could still win the World Series, obviously, especially if we see them making it and not much changing. But the fact of where they are now does surprise me, uh, given that I thought they would kind of just be in the first spot uh, in their respective situation the whole way through. They've had a lot of injuries, Victor. Yes, but but for how many? games played like how many games like
1: all year i know because i drafted them in fantasy see this is for me not watching the games john play. carlos stanton and Aaron judge the two big ones so
2: yeah but honestly in a short season especially i think uh people who were saying that the yankees were shooing to to win it all were kind of foolish to not know That they were definitely, I mean, that whole team last year was plagued with injuries. And in a longer season, you can actually be, the injuries can be actually forgiving and you can actually work around them sometimes. Um, But in a short season, especially, it's almost, it's virtually impossible. Um, You know, a a 10 day DL stint or uh, IL stint is, you know, pretty damning for your, uh, for your whole season, especially when it's, you know, your, your better hitter. Uh, or two of your better hitters in their case. Um, so I, I, I can't be you know, too surprised that these injuries happened, um, but this was definitely a team that should be doing a lot better.
1: Um, my surprise, Spencer, and I, I mentioned to, this to you before, is probably the Angels. I just on a personal level – kind of expected them to make the playoffs, especially with the expanded format. Um, mm-hmm. So them not even being anywhere near the postseason is surprising to me, but that's all I got.
2: Yeah. And I think looking at the, the AL, um, you know, without looking at elimination numbers and everything, the angels, Royals, Rangers, Red Sox, they're the ones who are especially just kind of done um, it should be pointed out that while the Astros are the second team in the West, the Mariners are right there. They're two and a half games back from them. Um so even though the Astros are the sixth the sixth seed, excuse me, um, they are actually worse than both the Indians and the Yankees, the uh the two wildcard teams in the AL, but that's just again kind of how kind of how the cookie crumbles, you know what I'm saying?
1: I do. How great would it be if the Astros missed the postseason?
2: Huh. Oh, it would be glorious. It'd be glorious. I don't think it's going to happen. But the Mariners have been kind of surprising. And honestly, the Orioles and the Tigers, I think it it's fair to consider them surprises because they wouldn't be anywhere near the postseason um, for a lot of people at the beginning of the year. And so the fact that, again, expanded format, but they are close. I think uh, a lot of people – should be very surprised by the White Sox, the fact that they're challenging the Twins for the number one spot in the Central, um, and they're very clearly going to be a playoff team. Whether this was expanded or not, they would have been. The Blue Jays are surprising by the fact that they're ahead of the Yankees. Um, They're only ahead by half a game right now, so that could change, um, especially if the Yankees kind of can get back up to full strength or start having the, the dumb luck that they normally do. Um, And I think the Rays being the top team is also surprising because, again, like you both were kind of talking, the Yankees were the front runner. Uh, the Rays just had an interesting uh, story from this past week when they put a whole lineup of left-handed batters. So one through nine were all lefties. And that was the first time that's ever happened. I thought that was pretty interesting. Was it
1: always the Rays that have these weird-ass, like, Record like new changes. You know they have that. They have the. They were the ones that started that whole. Let's start a relief pitcher as our starter Maybe. thing. Like what? are they drinking in in Tampa? I want to know.
2: They just they just deep dive into the analytics. They they are so they're the one team that is so committed to just putting all their faith in those. um So with the whole left-handed batter thing, obviously, uh you know, it's thought or it's to be believed that when a righty is on the mound, you have the advantage with a left-handed batter and vice versa. Right. Uh, It's not always the case by any means, but they apparently liked all of their guys. And, you know, as a right-handed pitcher, uh, I I can say that, you know, when I used to pitch, it was always weird when a left-handed batter would come up um, because you see so few of them typically, uh, especially when you're younger. Yeah. to have to be a righty and typically you see maybe one or two guys come up to the plate from the other side, to all of a sudden every single batter you're facing is on that side of the plate, that's going to be weird. I don't care what anybody says. That That is definitely going to be jarring for a pitcher. And I'm sure the Rays like the, their stats against maybe that specific pitcher or just what some of their lefties have been doing against righties this year and, and full committed to an all-lefty lineup, which I thought was funny and very interesting. Yeah. Anything else on the AL, guys? Uh,
1: not from me. Not from me.
2: All right, over in the NL, just running through real quick. Dodgers, Braves, and Cubs are your West, East, and Central uh, one teams, and one, two, and three, respectively. Uh, you then have the Padres uh, as your number four seed they're the second West team. Phillies are your five seed. They're the second East team. Cardinals, sixth seed, second central team. And then you've got the Giants and the Marlins. I'd say both of those are surprises as your wild card team. Um, but I'll let you guys go ahead. Anything you guys have to touch on, perhaps the Pirates, worst team in baseball.
0: No,
1: I'm good. Yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> I fully anticipated the pirates to, to get the number one pick and I'm hoping and happy that they are in position to do that. Um, Even though they seem to be still trying to win, which I don't really understand, but um, I would say, yeah, the giants and Marlins would be my only two surprises. Really? Um, I think, you know, the nationals not really being there. Isn't really surprising. I think Braves and Phillies were probably the favorites to come out of the East. And, um, I guess it, you know, the Marlins, if they hang on, you know, once you're in anything can happen, right? So it'd be mm-hmm. fun to see the Marlins win the world series. I'm here for it. I want to see it. So I, I am now rooting for them the rest of the way.
0: Yeah. sure. Going off of that, uh, why not root for them as a Pirates fan? Because we've given them, what, like a few players? So, seriously. Uh, no, uh, I. this is where me not keeping up with a lot of baseball this season has impacted my ability to say what surprises me here. But, <laughs> yeah. I'll take your word for it for now. Um, it's interesting to see the Braves in the first spot because I feel like that's not somebody over the past few years who uh, has truly been in that position before. But I could be wrong, uh, so don't stat check me on that. Then <laughs> why not for them before? Like what what is preventing them from making that deep run? Uh,
2: last year, uh, what prevented them was the Cardinals scoring like nine runs in the first inning of Game Five of the NLDS. Okay. Uh, but other than that, it's a it's a really really good young team.
0: Wait, wh- um, what was the question? Were... Why have the Braves not made a postseason run if they've been so good the past like a a long postseason run? If they've been so good the past few years?
1: Oh yeah, Dodgers, Cardinals, you know the usual.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> the usual right. suspect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the the Braves have just kind of. They've they've always been the team. I I guess you could almost compare them to kind of like the Yankees here of late, where it's like the team that you're like, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. They're a good team. They're probably going to win the division. But then once they hit it or even the Dodgers, you could say once they hit the playoffs, just for whatever reason, they just can't keep it together. Um, I think a lot of young pitching can sometimes be the detriment there. You know, young, young arms can be great during the regular season, but then when they've got that postseason pressure. But, I mean, veteran arms are like that, too, at Clayton Kershaw. So, you know, any, any number of reasons, obviously, just unfortunate uh, timing of slumps and stuff like that. But they are, they, they are a good team, and I think they were, you know, probably the heavy favorites to win the East this year. Maybe people had the Nationals riding the high off of uh, winning the World Series. I think the East has a ton, or not the East, excuse me, the NL has a ton of surprises. The Giants and the Marlins are just like the 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 tip of the iceberg, um, and that's just because of them being the wildcard teams, but I would have expected the Rockies to not only be better than the Giants this year, but to potentially be better than the Padres. I, I was not ready for this this exciting season that the Padres are putting together. So the fact that uh, the Padres right now would be uh, the number one wildcard team in a a typical season and they're the second best team in the NL um, is, is mind blowing to me. I definitely, definitely, definitely did not see that coming. I'm surprised that the Brewers and the Reds, the Reds were, a lot of people were picking the Reds to win the NL central, which I didn't think was going to happen. um, Given that the Cubs Cardinals Brewers all field uh, competitive teams. Um, So for all four teams in the NL central, I'm, Sorry, I was forgetting the Pirates. Um, but four of the five teams in the NL Central field competitive teams, um, so I didn't think it was easy to just give the Reds um, the 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 NL Central. But I'm surprised that they aren't, you know, battling for the second wild card spot. The Mets just kind of fell off. Uh, you know, these teams are all still close enough that if the Marlins and the Giants were to have a meltdown, they could easily swoop in. Um, but the fact that they're right now on the outside looking in and time is running out, I definitely think is, is surprising to say the least.
1: Ditto. Yeah. (laughs) I concur with everything you just said. For sure. That's
2: that's really it though for baseball. Baseball is going to be wrapping up soon. um, So we'll probably uh, not next week. We'll have a clearer picture. And then I think, The following week we'll actually have the postseason set up. But I'm I'm guessing by next week we should have uh we should start to see, you know, people who are, you know, mathematically eliminated and people who are secured.
0: Gotcha. And then we'll head into our third sport postseason in two months. It's
2: crazy. Phenomenal.
1: And I did forget one thing when discussing soccer real quick. Um, Just a fun little thing. Alex Morgan, you know, U.S. women's national team legend, uh, recently signed with Tottenham Hotspur's women's team. Uh, So she will be playing in the uh, English Women's Soccer League for Tottenham. So just kind of cool to see uh, Alex Morgan join uh, the Premier League for women.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: It just crossed my mind. I don't know why. I often think about Alex Morgan. That's probably why. It just But, just, just my other way.
0: <laughs> but yeah. Um, with that, unless there's any other touching points, we want to thank you for tuning in to Top Chair Sports uh, on this episode. Make sure to. Guys. Guys. Spencer.
2: The Colts lost.
0: Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to bring that up or not. Uh, so, so uh, thank that's
1: you. That's a shocker, you. honestly. That's that's, yeah. So,
0: thank you all.
2: <laughs> Don't worry, the Colts are good football. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and that'll the, be something the, that we talk about more th- on Thursday. <laughs> my
1: last thing I want to mention is um, just as a PSA: if your name is John Gruden, please <laughs> do not wear a tight white polo when it's like 90 degrees out and you're sweating up a storm and that's that's my psa for the day
0: okay um yeah tune in on thursday uh to to the gridiron uh top sports podcast segment here uh or series when we will have spencer on this episode uh with myself and logan and possibly brett but i i'll let you know we'll know for sure when <laughs> uh and then we can dive deeper into that uh Colt's Jags game as well as our picks how our picks for oh, and oh we will be and our picks for week two. Uh thank you everybody for tuning in to Top Share Sports on the Beer League Dungeon.
1: Deuces